Hello, my name is Holly Owens, and welcome to Ed Up Ed Tech, the podcast that keeps you in the know about all the latest ed tech happenings. We interview guests from around the globe to give you deeper insights into the ed tech industry, the field of instructional design, and more. We're proudly a part of America's leading podcast network, the EdUp Experience. It's time to sit back and enjoy the latest episode of EdUp EdTech. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another fantastic episode of EdUp EdTech. My name is Holly Owens. And my name is Nadia Johnson, and we're your hosts. And we're super pumped today because we have a new and fun guest with us. We have Mangender Kent, and he is the co-founder and CEO of Grade. Mangender, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. We're excited to get into everything about Grade, and I've been doing a little bit of research, as I told you, before we popped on to the recording, so I'm excited to learn more about it. But before we jump into that, we definitely want to know more about your story. So how did you get here? Tell us about your journey getting into this EdTech co-founder CEO space. Yeah, it's been quite an interesting journey. So I guess... My journey starts by me being the son of two immigrant parents. My parents uh, immigrated to the United Kingdom uh, from India. Uh, And as a result, I I haven't had a lot of financially accessed opportunities. But but what I did get from them is this deep sense of grit. And the idea that if you work really hard at something and you get a little bit of luck, there's very little you can't do. So as a result of that, I, you know, worked quite hard and uh, did a physics degree and ended up doing a physics PhD, looking at uh, the mathematical and computational modeling of superconductors. Uh, And that was very interesting. We can talk about that if you'd like. But uh, that was also the first time I had experience with assessment feedback. Now, I'd always done a bit of private tutoring on the side. I'd helped t- students do um, uh, learn for their exams uh, when I was in secondary school and uh, continued that when I went to university being a crash course teacher for some students at schools. Uh, but this was the first time I kind of jumped into the assessment and feedback space and kind of recognized the issues associated with that, specifically regarding the scale. You've got hundreds of students at university. Um, so... As a result of that, I kind of came up with a few ideas from a process point of view. My technical co-founder uh, was doing a PhD in vortex dynamics in type two superconductors. Got bored of that and decided to do. Uh... Whoa, that sounds that sounds complex. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's a mouthful. <laughs> it, it 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 very much was. But then he he decided to switch over to a PhD in education technology, and he kind of thought about this idea of reducing workload and repetition associated with assessment. And we kind of combined those ideas together and and built grade, really. And then it's been quite an interesting journey since. Oh, I love your story. I think it's great. Um, And you've gone all the way with getting the PhD and everything. And I really I really admire that. It's that's not an easy feat or thing to accomplish for sure. 
Um, so I love the story of your journey and glad that you're, you know, and getting a little bit integrated, you're getting into the aspect of saving like people time on the back end with, with grading and some of those workflows that instructors just have to go through. They're just so complex. And like you're, we're, we're alluding to here, it's just takes so much time. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, as a as a former educator, I, I can remember <laughs> the ridiculous amount of time it took for me to grade. Um, so giving that time back to instructors and educators is awesome. Um, you told us a little bit more about your journey, but I'm interested to know like who along the way has inspired you um, along this journey of of coming into this space. Yeah, I think one of the things that's been quite interesting is uh, hearing the stories of other uh, entrepreneurs. So, of course, like uh, I mentioned at the start, I feel like I have this really strong sense of grit that was given to me by my parents. But from a operational and kind of building a brand new thing from the ground up point of view, I've been quite fortunate to have people around me within um, the area that I live that have spun out small businesses and taught me the ins and outs of how to grow a business, hire teams, build products, and I guess most importantly, make sure that you're building something that actually helps people uh, rather than just a, you know, a project that you think might help people. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. We all have, we all have good ideas, right, Nadia? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Daddy and I come up with stuff all the time. We're like, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. But actually, you know, in your, in your own mind, you think it's like, oh, this might be something that's, it's going to be a great solution, but then you find out. And that's the beauty of entrepreneurship, right? You right. can go test stuff out and then you can come back to the drawing board and say, okay, well, this didn't work. So we're going to pivot in this direction. Exactly. Yeah. I think I, I heard a quote the other day and it said, um, like when you, when you lose, you don't start from scratch, you start from experience. So I, just, oh, I, I love that. That sounds yeah. so good. Yeah, that is good. I'm writing that down. <laughs> yeah. So I thought that was like, awesome. I was like, definitely you start from experience. Like you have an idea of where to go. And, and once you start learning things, you can, you can implement new things and, and just continue to grow from there. And I really loved that quote. That's just what this kind of reminded me of. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I really like that quote. Um, so being mangender that you're in this ed tech space, you're a co-founder and a CEO. We This is one of my favorite questions to ask on the show. We want to know how do you personally define educational technology? I, I wish I had a, a nice snappy uh, like <laughs> five yeah. word answer to this, but I think Unfortunately, it's quite a nuanced thing, right? Because in some sense, you could argue pen and paper is, is a form of education technology. Anything, anything that facilitates the knowledge transfer from one group to another is really a technology and uh, effectively pivotal. Now, we have done a lot of development in this space as a society, moving from pen and paper to whiteboards and smart boards and tablets and laptops and software and all this fancy stuff. But the goal has always been, and in my opinion, should always be 
making that experience of that knowledge transfer much more personal and much faster and much more effective. Um, and that should really be the primary goal. So any sort of technology that that actually does that is what I would personally call education technology. Oh, I love it. So to the point, and it, and it makes so much sense. Yeah, I agree. I love, I, th one of the reasons I love this question is because we get a different answer every time. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and they're all right. They're yeah. all correct. None of them are wrong. It's very open-ended and I love hearing it from, especially people like yourself who are uh, entrepreneur and CEO. It's great. Yeah, for sure. I, I love, I, I, I can agree with that, Holly. Um, so we, now we're getting to the part where we kind of want to know a little bit more about grade um, and how this uh, service or product helps institutions and organizations um, within the education um, space. So if you could give us a give our audience a little bit more information about um, grade. Yes, of course. So grade was built with the understanding that um assessment feedback systems are pretty broken. Like, for example, there are completely fragmented systems in in place. So if you're doing a formative or a summative assessment, or you're doing an online or a paper-based assessment, you know, you're using different systems. If you're doing like, a, um, if you're creating your assignments in a particular place, or you're delivering them in a different place and or you're grading them in a different place it just becomes a nightmare and then there are if you sit down and actually do the grading work it's incredibly repetitive right it's uh uh you end up doing so much of the same sort of stuff now it's not identical of course because students have slight nuances to their approaches but the approaches tend to be quite similar and we tend to be grading those types of approaches so and and of course the students are often dissatisfied with the experience as well uh and when you take into account that workload is a leading cause of teacher exit uh for example in the uk 40 percent of teachers quit in the first five years and the mm -hmm. workload is the leading cause of we exit. have a we yep. have a similar statistic ours is i think over... four years <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> so we're right there with you yep you know, it's it's a very serious problem. And I, I personally break down workload into two aspects, right? There's the administrative component, and then there is the assessment component. Those are the two largest components when it comes to workload. And I think we're living in quite an interesting age because generative AI is here, and I think it's going to make a huge impact on the administrative, administrative side, sorry. And I think we're quite uniquely positioned to help with the assessment side. So hopefully we're living through a pretty nice transformational age with regards to that workload that I was mentioning. So what we decided to do at grade was break the problem down into two steps. The first step is to try to solve the more uh, process-based problems. So let's make it so that the entire process is in an end-to-end -end platform. So if you're doing a formative or a summative or a paper-based or a digital assessment, it's all in one place. It's the same place where you create the assessments, same place where you deliver them, and the same place where the students attempt them and you grade them, et cetera. And all of this means that 
all those connection points between those different platforms doesn't need to exist anymore. So the only thing that really uh, sits between the students submitting the assessment and them receiving the feedback is the amount of time it takes you to grade the work. We can do some really cool things like sum up all the points for you. And I know that sounds like a relatively small thing, but you know, if it takes 30 seconds to a minute for you to sum up those points and sync it into your learning management system, if you've got 30 students, that's half an hour. If you've got hundreds of students, we're literally saving hours right there. And that's just a small thing that just technology can really easily do. And we wanted to make the collaboration process much easier too, because consistency is such a huge issue when it comes to assessment feedback. So to address that point, well, you build a rubric on the fly, and that acts as a single source of truth for you and your team. And what that means is that it's like, it's like having a Google Docs for your feedback. It means that everybody's always on the same page, and you can always retroactively edit to make sure that moderation is much, much easier. And of course, you can do things like give extra students, sorry, to give students extra time or to be able to have multiple attempts and all these nice, interesting things that you get from digital assessment. One of the other things that you get on top of that is extra analytics. Because you get interaction statistics, you can see when your students started the assignment, when they submitted it, how that interacts with the grades that they were receiving. They get much more detailed feedback that's directly relevant to their responses. You can type once and use multiple times. It's all designed to kind of save you time from the process point of view. Yeah, I was going to say, like, when I grade, because I teach in higher ed, I teach grad master's level students, and just grading, like, papers and projects, I've tried so many different ways to figure out how to streamline, but I feel like at one point I, I saw one thing, but then that creates a, it creates a bottleneck elsewhere, but it really sounds like grade just eliminates all that and the saving time piece is is so important to professors educators because it it allows for more time for us to create different learning experiences and that's what I love about products like yours is that that part of grading that's not necessarily like the fun part but it's the required part like that just becomes less of a worry less of a concern yeah. And not to mention like the students, because the thing about feedback is if you don't give it in a timely manner, it doesn't, it's not helpful. Um, like, you know, the student needs to be able to get that feedback within a timely manner so that they can implement it within the next project or the next assessment or, you know, the next assignment. Um, and so I think that also helps the student and it helps the teacher to get it done more efficiently, but also gives the student that that feedback in a more timely manner in which they can actually implement the feedback um, and improve. So I think, I, yeah, I, I really love this tool. It's awesome. Yeah, exactly. If we go back to like Bloom's taxonomy, right? The timely component of that is really important. And if we also look at other key features for feedback, it needs to be relevant uh, and it needs to be timely. And those two things we really try to address with grade. Now, we haven't even got to the cool part, which is the artificial intelligence. Um, so this all kind of based on the idea that if something's repetitive, then there should be some space in some tech to try to reduce that repetition. 
you might have to be quite smart about how you do it, but this should be possible. Now, we are in quite an interesting age of artificial intelligence, and there's a lot of hype going around it. So I wanted to 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 set the scene by saying, should we even actually expect AI to help in this sort of space? So like, yeah, there are two kind of big AI scenes right now. The first is, of course, the, the generator models that we see in things like ChatGPT. And yes, maybe that would be kind of cool. Maybe we can submit an assignment through ChatGPT and see what it says. Maybe we give it a rubric. And if any of you listeners at home have had a chance to try that, you see that it does sort of work. But the problem there is it's not transparent. It's not auditable. It's not explainable. It is just a black box that does things for you. And you can't fully consistently have that output. And that's not okay when we're talking about really important things like assessment feedback. Yeah, I just, yeah, I think everybody's focused a lot on the chat GPT and I use that every day. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, it's like a part of my morning routine with my coffee, but there's other things that exist out there. Can you tell us a little bit more about how Greed incorporates the AI stuff? I'm kind of interested yeah. in diving into that a bit. Oh yeah, absolutely. So the secondary type of AI, which has been arguably more popular but less um, uh, impactful over the last few years, is this concept of classification. So uh, the way classification works is you have a giant bucket of data and it's labeled, you know, like you can imagine pictures of people and faces and objects. And you run that through a neural network, which is effectively like a, a fancy mathematical black box. And eventually you get something that can classify those particular objects. So does grading fit into that space? Well, not really, right? Because grading is uh, doesn't have as much volume as those types of data. Uh, you, you often need tens of thousands of labeled data to be able to actually uh, build that type of model to, to any sort of efficacy. And we don't really have that type of data. And the feedback that we give as educators tends to be quite personalized, right? It's not just, you don't want the the bias to be propagated through different systems. You shouldn't be giving the same feedback to a high school student that you're giving to a university student, for example, even if you're giving them the same question. So naturally you might think that AI would have a difficult space here, but at grade, we do something quite different. We understand that even though the variety and space of answers that students give can be incredibly large, the actual kind of true answer space in terms of the feedback is relatively limited. Students really only take a handful of approaches and paths. So provided that grade can take an answer and based on the feedback that you give, predict what the actual pathway is, it can kind of recursively learn in real time how to map between those two spaces. So very quickly in the space of three to 10 answers, the system can learn what type of pathways there are that the student is taking and what, which ones are important to you as an educator to be able to suggest feedback based on your bank of feedback that you've already built up on how to grade other answers that it hasn't seen before, but look relatively similar. And then because it suggests things, it's an assistant, that's really important, it's an aid, 
that's why you know, we spelled grade the way we did um yeah <laughs> i love it uh it's uh it means that you can work with it to either accept or reject those suggestions and it will learn and update in real time and that's basically how the ai works what i find absolutely incredible about this process however is this concept that every single year we do a lot of grading work and all that effort is like lost into the ether a little bit of course the students get the feedback and the students get the grades which is incredibly important but it's just every single year it's very much the same thing but this time if you use grade to go through your assessments you actually are building a model that you can use for formative feedback in other years for other cohorts. You're actually investing that effort into building something that adds value into your process. And that's not really a paradigm that we've had before. Oh, yes. Oh my gosh, I love this. And I wanna go into so many different other questions, but I'd like to keep it open so that you can come back and tell us all the wonderful things that you're doing at grade. And I, um, so I know this is probably really big in the UK and yep. I wonder if you have a, and you, you know, you integrate with all the big LMSs that, you know, the big four, the canvas, the Moodle, the blackboard, the bright space by D2L. Um, yep. so I can imagine you have some interest over here in the States as well. Certainly. Um, there aren't any pilots I can talk about publicly, unfortunately. Okay, but <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> there, there are there are pilots running with uh, relatively large establishments within the United States. Um, oh, I'm so excited! I hope one, mine's one of them. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we will talk about that. That's okay. Um, so, what we want to know now is you're already you've done a lot. You're 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 saving people time, you're giving students the feedback they need to be successful, this adaptability, this, you know, personalized learning situation. So is there anything that you can share that's on the roadmap for the upcoming year? You know, what are some goals and things you have to get the audience excited about what you're doing at GREED? Uh, absolutely. So one of the things that you might have looked at when you saw our website, um, is we were, we were predominantly focused on STEM assessments. So your engineering, your physical sciences, that sort of stuff, uh, given the nature of those types of assessments. But I'm really happy to announce that we can now also grade essays and reports and much longer form content as well, uh, which uh, can of course make a huge impact. And one of the really cool things yes. that we can do is because a lot of establishments actually have this data in kind of a vault, we can take that data and use that to pr build pre-trained models that you can test out and you can use with your students to give formative impact right away. Oh, fantastic. I love the fact that uh, like essays, oh, those take so long. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like you said, if you have like 30 students and let's say you're spending an hour, that's like a whole day, more than a day. If you have 100 students, that's going to take you a few days to get through that. But this this really just streamlines it. Yeah, exactly. And then I'm also happy to announce that we're working on a, a proctoring solution. So if you want to run more high stakes exams virtually, uh, you'll be able to run, the, uh, run them at distance as well. Yeah. Oh, good. I know, and I know a lot of people have a lot of feelings about like AI and cheating and 
making sure students are turning in original work. So that will definitely help ease some of the, the anxiety and concern over that. Yeah, I mean, okay, I'll, I'll tell you one more thing. So we're also yeah. working... Oh, okay, good, yay. <laughs> <laughs> so we're also working on something we're calling document integrity. So one of the really cool things about having an entire the entire pipeline being controlled by kind of one system means that you have an interaction history with how the student interfaces with the document. So of course you can do simple things like see whether or not they copied and pasted something, but you can also do things like look at the cadence of typing and the edit history and see whether that interaction represents a genuine interaction. And it's a much more effective way to test whether or not that document that you've created is uh, genuine rather than using like an AI detector, because unfortunately, AI detectors are very biased. They have huge false positive rates. And unfortunately, they bias against international students quite heavily. So we're hoping to make a huge impact uh, on that front, because if you want to analyze assessments without generative AI, then you can use that. But then at the same time, you can allow your students to do it and you can see how they do use it and have a record of that and be able to give more uh, interesting insight as a result of that. Well, I'm so glad you shared that. And I'm sure the audience is too. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're coming up here on the final two questions of the episode. And I've appreciated what you've shared so far. So last two questions we want to know, is there anything else you'd like to share? Do we miss anything that you want to share about grade? And then we want you to put your fortune teller hat on. We want you to look into the crystal ball and we want you to tell us what the future of ed tech looks like. So anything we missed and what does the future of ed tech look like? Uh, I don't think we really missed anything. I mean, but of course we're always looking for more partners. So if, if you're interested, feel free to reach out and we can see, see if we can test things out. Yes. And we'll put everything in the show notes so that if people are interested in partnering, they can click and go and find you. But in terms of the future of EdTech, I think we are living in a very exciting time. I think with the combination of generative AI and tools like ours, we can genuinely have an incredibly personalized learning experience. So I think in the not too distant future, we're going to have a system where a student can go through an incredibly personalized learning journey because if they want to learn a topic, we'll have knowledge graphs that define those topics. We'll have content that references those topics. We can generate personalized um, resources for them because we can have presentations, we can have videos, we can have audio all generated for us on the whim uh, or podcasts, for example, as well for students, if that's how they learn best. They could then consume that content. They could even have a conversation with that content using a chat bot. And then they could have bespoke questions that are tailored to them, asked to them, graded on a platform like ours, where they get near instantaneous real-time feedback on their methodology, on uh, their approaches and all the key formative important points to then attempt those assignments again if required or if they've got the relevant proof points, you know, um, get more personalized questions and move through that journey. And then when they go into a classroom uh, and they interact with a lecturer or an educator, they can come in with a much more holistic point of view and ask those more awkward questions that the technology might not be able to interface with and still have that really high human contact without yeah. using 
um, you know, right now, I feel like sometimes we use teachers as a bit of like uh, information regurgitation machines, but that's not necessarily what education is. Education is a very human, personal experience about creating those connections with those students. And this technology will really help facilitate that. And that's what I'm really excited about. Absolutely. And we're excited too. And we would love to get updates from you again in like six to 12 months to see what's what's happening and, um, you know, see the things. I, I'm, I'm really excited for the future of EdTech and especially with companies like yours that exist that are doing these awesome things in the space and helping educators and helping instructors and helping the learners. It's, it's so important. And I, I can already tell that your company is very focused on what the end user needs. Yeah. That's really, really important to us. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Manjinder, for coming on the show. We really appreciate having you and sharing all the things about grade. We'll have, everything in the show notes where you can connect where you can look up if you want to partner with grade and we appreciate all the things that you're doing and the support that you're giving people in the education space thank you for having me it was a joy you've just experienced an another amazing episode of ed up ed tech be sure to visit our website at edupedtech.com to get all the updates on the latest edtech happenings. See you next time.